Thank you so much for joining us today at our Savior's Church, where we are one church meeting in five different locations. And our goal is to help you on your spiritual journey to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference in the lives around you. If you'd like to learn more about our Savior's Church or how to get involved, visit us online at OurSavior'sChurch.com. I just want to also just say thank you for receiving uh, Heidi and I, and uh, every time we've ever come here, it's always like, man, I think they really receive, and I think I got it figured out. I think I think I know why there's such an affinity between Opelousas and New Iberia. I, I think I got it out. I figured it out today. I figured it out this morning. Y'all are the home of Tabasco. Is that true? And we are the home of Tony Sacheries. <laughs> if y'all took New Iberia and Opelousas, we're not here. Could you imagine what this world would taste like? <laughs> Come on, y'all. We are the spice of the world right here, baby. We're going to keep it spicy. All right, we better get down to serious business today. I want to, I want to. I want to do some teaching uh, today if I could, and I want to, uh, in Opelousas, it doesn't really matter, but in Opelousas, we were doing a series called This Is Our Story, and I just decided uh, at the beginning of the year, this year, the beginning of the year to start this series, what we didn't know is it would go all, it's still going, this one series, it's called This Is Our Story, and here was the premise was, you got to connect. Uh, we have an identity crisis in our nation. You, you see the fruit of it in our culture, but I think it's in the church too. We have this identity crisis, and we just started from the book of Genesis, hitting all the big rock stories of Sunday school, teaching people and what God is saying to us through the Old Testament, connecting it to the New Testament. There's a reason why. It's because many of them, we're now in a generation, it's post-Christian, where people don't grow up knowing the stories. I, I've sat and counseled with people and said, you know, like Abraham in the Bible, and they go, I don't know that story. And so that's the world that we now live in and they're sitting in our congregations because you don't really decide who you're going to be. You don't get to decide your identity. Your identity is actually discovered in your history. It's like, where are you from? Who's your mama nim? Can you make a roux? You're Cajun. You, know, you, you, you discover it. You, 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 gotta, you gotta know your history. And so we've been walking through and we got to David and I want to teach you a principle. If you, if you know the story of David, I'll try to fill in some of the blanks for you. But I, I, want to, I want to talk to you about a biblical principle that nobody really wants to preach on or teach on. And I'm going to preach and teach on it today. And I want to take you, but I'm going to set you up and we'll, then we'll get to David. Let me show you a couple things about a concept in scripture. It's better that you understand the concept and the principle than you know the chapter and verse. Okay, watch this. I want to take you to the book of Isaiah, chapter 55, verses 8 and 9. And remember, I've trained up Eleusis. Let me help train you. If it's highlighted, you read it with me, Okay. Isaiah 55, 8, and 9. I think we're going to put it on the screen. Are we going to do that? Yes, we are. Okay, righteous. For my thoughts, the Lord speaking, are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are 
my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. So we know already that when you think, I know what God's going to do. He's going, but baby, baby, your thoughts, my thoughts are so much higher. What does that mean? It means he sees the whole picture. He sees beginning and he sees the end. I want to take you to the Psalm of David that David wrote in 86 and 11, where this is where David would say something like this. Teach me your way, O Lord, so that I may walk in your truth. Untie, unite my heart to fear your name. So are you seeing a pattern here? He's going, God says, I've got ways. There's, I do things, I have certain ways. You got David writing now going, Lord, teach me your, I wanna know, how many of y'all married? How many of you know your spouse has ways? They got ways. You didn't know it when you married them, but after you're married, probably after two weeks, you're going, why do you do that? I, I, I never do. How many, I, this is weird to me, but how many of you brush your teeth? Please start if you don't. You brush your teeth. I put the toothpaste on top of the toothbrush. Then I wet the whole thing. How many do that? You, yes, okay. And then I noticed one day, I said, Heidi, she wets her toothbrush, then puts the toothpaste on and brushes her teeth. Is there some weird people that do that? Y'all got strange ways. How many of you know everybody got ways? God has, and they're higher than, they're higher than our ways. That's why David write, teach me your, not teach me your word, teach me your, I want to understand you. Watch what Jeremiah would say in the book of Jeremiah 9. Thus says the Lord, let not the wise man, and there's some wise men in this room, let not the wise man boast in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man, and there's some mighty men in this room. I saw you earlier. Let them, let them not boast in their might. Let not the rich man, I don't know if there's any rich men in here. Well, let me change that. If you live in America, you rich. Just turn to your neighbor and say, he's talking about you right now. Watch this. Let not the rich man boast in his riches, but let him who boasts, boast in this, that he understands and knows me, and that I am the Lord who practices steadfast love, justice, and righteousness in the earth. For these things I delight, declares the Lord. God has ways. And if you're going to boast, don't boast in your strength, your wisdom, or your riches, but boast in this that you know and you understand his ways. Now, let me show you one of the ways of God. I'm going to teach you a way. Here is a way. It's found in the book of Genesis chapter 8 and verse 22. This principle is throughout scripture from Genesis to Revelation. In fact, it's, going to, it's impacting your very life right now. And this is what the scripture says. This is after the flood. Noah, ark, flood. Flood ends. Watch this. Genesis 8, 22. While the earth remains. Seed, time, and harvest. Cold and heat. Well, we get both of those, don't we, down here in South Louisiana. Summer and winter. 
day and night shall not cease. Now I want to zero in on the yellow, seed, time, and harvest. So seed time is one word, seed time and harvest, but I want to separate seed time because I think it is the principle. There is seed, you plant a seed, and you don't get harvest. You plant seeds, and then there is time, and then you get harvest. Let's try it one more time. You plant seeds, then there is time, and then you get harvest. One more time. Make sure you get it. You plant a seed, because we, what we, do? we want everything quick, right? We want, we, we want to order it and get it. We want the tracking number to the prayer request that we just threw up to God. Is that the truth? I just prayed. Now, Lord, what is the tracking number so I can tell when it's going to get to my house? I get home all the time. Heidi goes, we got a package coming today. I go, how do you know that? Well, that's on my tracking number. I don't even, do, I don't even know how to do that. Do y'all know how to do that? New Iberia, y'all up to date. Appaloosa's, we're 30 years behind. Oh, okay, let me translate that. Pastor Eugene is 30 years behind. No, we want a tracking number to the prayer request. But there's seed, then there's, uh, we don't like time. We want time to shrink. We want time to be faster because we want, we want the answer to the prayer. We want the promise. How many of God's promised you something? He's promised you some things, and then you, so you've gotten the seed of it, but now you're in the time, but you haven't got the harvest of it. You're with me? Okay, now we're going to go look at the story of David, because David's going to set the example of this seed, time, and harvest, one of the ways of God. His ways are higher than our ways, and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. He sees the beginning, and he sees the end. We only see what we see, but he sees more than what we see. Higher, bigger. Watch this. So, of course, we know David is, David's actually, I, I, I used to say this, and I was so wrong. Lord, please forgive me, because I'd preach it. It was never God's intention to have a king over Israel. That's not true. God's intention was never to have Saul as king over Israel. The very first king of Israel was a man named Saul, head taller than everybody else. He was a total package, tall, dark, and handsome. The Bible says he's very good looking. I can relate. <laughs> Some of you, how many of y'all can relate? He was very, he was very tall, can't go there. Uh, so tall, dark, and handsome. The people wanted a king. And, and God would say, no, we're not, I'm not anointing him as king. I don't want him as king. He's telling Samuel the prophet, I do not want him as king. He goes, no, but the people, people, people. And finally, God relents. Oh, listen to me. Here, here, this, is, this is free, by the way. This is just for New Iberia. Oh, sometimes God will give you what you keep asking for to show you it's not what you really need. How many of y'all have ever gotten one of those? You prayed, you asked, I believe this is the Lord. You saw her and said, oh, look how pretty she is. It must be God. This is the, one of the ways of God. And you found out it was not the way of God. That you couldn't handle her ways. He'll give it, to, and that's what he does for Israel, to give them. But the first king that God ever intended to be king over Israel 
was a man after his own heart. It was a shepherd boy out watching his father's, not his, his father's sheep. Does everybody say his daddy's? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know about you, but if, I, if I'm out watching somebody else's sheep, I'm not chasing down bears and lions. The Bible says a bear and a lion took away one of the flock. And so he goes and runs it down and kills the bear and the lion. I'm not doing that. Not if it's not my sheep. Maybe my sheep, I'll go, how many of you know that? Oh, well, here's a principle in the kingdom. Young person, listen to me, because he's about 13. Already tending to his fathers, something that doesn't belong to him. If you're sitting here and you want to own a business one day, why don't you serve where you're at like it was yours? And if you'll serve like that, maybe the test or the time that God's waiting to give you the harvest to see how you respond with what belongs to someone else. That's good preaching right there. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you like it. Don't care. David's going to be anointed. There's actually three anointings of David. I didn't realize this, Pastor John. I didn't even know this until last couple of weeks ago. David's going to be anointed king. He's going to be brought in. Samuel the prophet is going to go to the house of Jesse to anoint the next king of Israel. Saul's still a king, but he's wicked. He's insecure. And God's going, the kingdom's going to be ripped for him. I've chosen another one. And it said there was a boy, a man, after his own heart. He's from, the, he's from the house of Jesse. And he's going to go visit Jesse's house. And he's going to say, bring your sons. I'm going to anoint one of them. And of course, the story goes, for those who went to Sunday school, who remember the story, who've read the Bible, says he brought in his first one, tall, good-looking, handsome, fits the part. He said, this is not him. And then he brings in son two, son three, son four, son five, son six, son seven. Seven sons. And he says to Jesse, do you have any more? And he says, oh, yes, I've got one. He's out watching the sheep. They don't even think enough of David to bring him. Man does look on the outside, doesn't he? But God looks what? The unseen. He sees him out there in the field killing bears and lions and working on his craft. He's a worship leader. He plays. He plays a lyre, which in, in Bible days was actually a harp. We, we kind of see it like this, but it wasn't like that. It was like a guitar. It was a guitar, and it was, it, was, it was the precursor of what we play as guitars. David's out in the field, man, just shredding. Bam! Your ways are better. <laughs> Thank you, Isaac. <laughs> and they watch this, and they send for him. Watch this, First Samuel 6, 12 and 13. And he sent and brought him in. They wait for him. And now he was ruddy and had beautiful eyes. He was handsome, and the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord rushed upon David. And from that day forward, and Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. He gets the seed, a promise. God's going to elevate you. I am anointing you as the next king of Israel. He gets the seed, the promise. Then guess what comes next? Time. 
we don't like time. Seed, time, harvest. Now I'm just giving you the highlight reel. For the next 15 years, David's going to have some incredible days. He's gonna, he's gonna get, he's gonna be asked to go serve Saul as his worship leader. Saul, the scripture says, is tormented by a devil. And while he's being tormented, they said, we're gonna, I, there's, a, there's a kid out here, there's a young man out here that's got a reputation that the Lord's hands on him, and he's a great musician. We're going to bring him in, and when you get tormented, discouraged, depressed, we'll just have him play. And he's going to come, and he's going to play. He's going to bring his lyre, and he's going to play for Saul. How many of you ever have bad days, discouraged, you feel like, man, things are rough right now, feel like the devil's after you? How many ever, raise your hand, the rest of you are lying through your teeth. Y'all lie here at the, no, no, you've ever had one of those, wouldn't it be great if you could just take Isaac with you all day? Wouldn't it be awesome? Tomorrow morning, go in the office, hit it, Isaac. Wouldn't it be awesome? How many of you feel better, even this morning after worship? You feel better. I know you, you got in a cuss fight in the car. You almost beat three of your kids. <laughs> then you walk in here, and then you go, come on, let's lift our hands. You lifted your hand. You go, you know what? It's going to be all right. <laughs> Gee, uh, come on. Am I talking to anybody in the room? Come on. I know. You do that. You pull up in here. You just ripped one of your kid's arms off, beat him with it, put it back on, attached it in the lobby, and then walked on in here. How are you doing? Oh, I'm blessed. (laughs) Some of you are going, did he see us in the parking lot? (laughs) Okay. I better stop. Y'all, y'all, listen. To, what, he gets the seed. Listen to me. The anointing becomes, always comes before the appointing. Anointing before appointing. Anointing before appointing. People want to be appointed. They just don't want to do what it takes to get the anointing. I want the appointment, not the anointment. I don't even know if that's a word. I just made it up. You get the oil before you get the crown. You get the promise before you get the fulfillment. You got to get the seed before you can get harvest. And before you get harvest, you got to have time. So we see this anointing from him. For the next approximately 15 years, you, you remember what happens. He's going he's to be hired as the worship leader for Saul. After that, he's going to be serving his brothers on the front line when Goliath comes and the Philistines. I'm fast forwarding all this, by the way. It's in the Bible. If you don't believe me, go read it. Fast forwarding in the Bible. He's gonna, now he's serving his brothers, bringing food back and forth to his brothers on the front line who are standing against the Philistines. And there's a nine-foot giant. His name is Goliath. He would come down and say, hey, let's don't kill each other. Why don't, why don't you send down your champion, Israel? And why don't we fight? And whoever wins of the two of us, that way only one has to die. And then the others will serve the others. Of course, y'all know what happens, right? He's going to go down, five swing stones, slingshot. <laughs> and for the next 15 years, he's going to be running from Saul. Why? Saul's probably, he's jealous, he's insecure. Jonathan, his son, he wants him to be on the throne. And now you've got this young man that people are saying, Saul has killed his thousands, but David has killed 10,000. 
people are loving him and not loving Saul. And Saul's recognizing, wait a minute, this, his favor continues to grow. Then they're going to want him to be king instead of me be king. And then that means Jonathan, my son, can't be king. And unbeknownst to him, the Jonathan and David are best friends. Jonathan begins to recognize the anointing of God upon David. Oh, listen, when you got the anointing, you don't have to worry about the appointing. Others will begin to recognize God's hand on your life. I didn't see this, but seven and a half years into his running from Saul, who's trying to kill him. He's running from, uh, from uh, just, he's a, he's a vagabond. He's running from caves to the wilderness to even helping Philistines just to survive, to stay away. He's, he's on the run. He's, he's, he's uh, Israel's most wanted, according to Saul. And then you get to 2 Samuel chapter 2. I didn't see the second anointing. 2 Samuel chapter 2, 1 through 4. Watch this. And after David inquired of the Lord, shall I go up into any of the cities of Judah? And the Lord said to him, go up. And David said, to which shall I go up? And he said, to Hebron. So David went up there with his two wives, Ahinoam of Jezreel, and Abigail, the widow of Nabal of Carmel. And David brought up his men who were with him, everyone with his household. And they lived in the towns of Hebron. And the men of Judah came, and there... They anointed David king over the house of Judah. Hmm. He gets anointed as a teenager, kills a giant, running for seven and a half years. What's, what's God doing? Seven and a half years he's running. Running from Saul, learning survival skills, learning to, learning to lead Learning to lead. Patience. I hate that word. Perseverance. He's learning. And now he asked God seven and a half years into his journey, Lord, where should I go? And he said, go to Hebron. And he goes to Hebron and Judah. Everybody say Judah. Okay, fast forward. History lesson. 12 tribes of Israel. Israel has 12 tribes. One of those tribes is Judah. David is from the tribe of Judah. So when he goes to Hebron to his home tribe, his own people, his kinsmen now look and see and say, dude, you're anointed. You need to be our king. We're going to make you king, not over the other 11, all of Israel, but over our tribe, the tribe of Judah. Watch me, young man, young woman. God anoints you. Time, then right in the middle of his running, halftime, he goes home to his people and his kinsmen, and his kinsmen go, Something different about you, David. God's hand is on your life. We're going to anoint you king over your kinsmen, the tribe of Judah. Y'all track it with me. God's appointed me. Listen. God may have anointed you, but you don't start rising to the place of harvest until other people around you start recognizing God's hand on your life. Are y'all checking with me? So you don't, 
Now, you just play that everyday life. You don't have to walk in and say, I go to our Savior's church and y'all all need to come. No, no, you just walk in and they see the anointing over your life, they'll ask you. Yeah, let's, let's live it before we talk it. Let's walk it, but walk before the talk. Are y'all tracking with me? So now, his, now let me give you the third one. Let me give you the third one. Real quick, the tribe of Judah. So his kinsmen recognize the anointing of God because there's seed, then there's time, and then there's harvest. He hasn't got the harvest yet. He was anointed way back in the day. He was going to be the next king. Now this is just his kinsmen. What about the rest of Israel? And in 2 Samuel chapter 5, seven and a half years go by. Another seven years. We're at 15 years, watch this. Then all the tribes of Israel came to David at Hebron. All the tribes, all the tribes, all the rest of the tribes, seven and a half years later, all the tribes of Israel come to David at Hebron and said, behold, we are bone of your bone, or we are your bone and flesh. In times past, when Saul was king over us, it was you who led us out and brought in Israel. And the Lord said to you, you shall be shepherd of my people Israel and you shall be prince over Israel. So all the elders of Israel came to the king at Hebron and King David made a covenant with them at Hebron before the Lord and they anointed David king over all Israel. Rewind, rewind. You got any more sons? Just one. He's out watching the sheep. He gets the anointing from God, seed, the promise. Then we got to go 15 years of hell, time. Now everybody else recognizes the anointing. They weren't really anointing him, were they? No, they were just appointing him because the anointing had come from God 15 years before. And David knew it. And you go, are y'all checking with me so far? You go, why would God do that? It's in the time that God's got to take and take some things out of us and put some things in us. Look, I'm telling you one of the ways of God He gives you a promise, and then there's time. Sometimes we can extend the time by our own foolishness, and sometimes we can shrink the time. Uh, Can I give you a principle that I've taught all these years? I wasn't the first one to say it, but I've said it so many times that now I don't remember who said it first, so I take credit for it. Uh, Is that okay? You can say, Pastor Eugene says, when you want the time to shrink, when am I going to get to the promise? When is harvest coming? And I, I say it this way. With revelation comes change of season. With revelation, say it with me. With revelation comes change of season. If you don't like the season you're in, don't pray for the, rev- for the season to change. Pray for the revelation for the season. Because if you get the revelation for the season, ta-da, you're welcome. How many of you could say, I'm in a waiting season? I got some promises from God. Okay, the rest of your line. All of us got a promise. 
You might be sitting in this room today and you're waiting, you got a promise from the Lord that your lost child is going to serve the Lord. And you're going, when? What's the tracking number, God? When's it going to happen? You may be sitting, you may be single, you have a promise, God's going to send your mate. You're going, when? You're, 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 you, you volunteered to be the greeter at the door, checking rings. <laughs> Not a bad idea, by the way. Not a bad idea. No, God gave me a promise. God gave me a promise. God gave me, okay, come help me, Isaac. Let me, let me help you. What to do with time when you're waiting? You ready? You take out your notepad, your phone, because I'm, I'm teaching. I'm going to do these real quick. Heidi told me, when you get down to those, that last part, move it along. <laughs> She's still my helpmate. She's still helping me. I just smiled. How to wait well. How to wait well. Number one, ready? Wait without complaining. Opelousas did the same thing. I said, wait without complaining. Went, Can I tell you what complaining is? Complaining is a sign of spiritual immaturity. It is, it is a lack of reverence to God. It is saying to God, let me tell you what it says. Let me tell you what complaining says to God. You don't know what you're doing. I could run it better than you. I could do a better job if, God, if you would just listen to me. Remember, his ways are, his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. He sees the beginning and he sees the end. He's moving. He's working things out. He took David through 15 years. I love to tell the three kings, Gene Edwards quote, where David cries out to God in the middle of running from Saul, going, Saul, why is God, why are you doing this to me? Why are you letting Saul do this to me? And God answers David and says, David, I had to take you through this. You had to experience this so we could get the Saul out of your own heart. Oh, no, no, think about it. I hate my boss. It may be the very place God put you to get that out of you so that he could elevate and promote you so you would never do that to an employee. Wait without complaining. Complaining may only lengthen the wait. You know, seeds have to be put in the ground and then broken. It's only from the pressure of the ground to crack the outside of the, of the seed, the hole, so then the roots can actually begin. It takes seed, one of his ways. It will always be this way. Winter, summer, cold, hot. It will always be this way. Seed, time, and harvest. It is a way of God patience ah those who wait upon the Lord you shall renew the strength let me give you number two I'm doing it baby I'm moving I'm moving right along number two wait with faith and expectation I'm expecting I am expecting I'm watch this Hebrews 11 and 1 now faith is the assurance of things hoped for 
the conviction of things not seen. What does that mean? It means I have a confidence and hope that the promised word of God as revealed to me is going to come to pass. What is it saying? I'm saying God is too faithful to fail. Ah, Isaac was leading us in worship going, just in your own words, just tell God. He's going, God, you're faithful. God, you're faithful. God, you're faithful. God, you're faithful. You are faithful. Listen to an old man. God is faithful. He will bring it to pass. It will not be on your, but it will be the right time. Number three, what do you do while you're waiting? Keep producing good works while waiting. We don't wait on God passively. We wait on God proactively. We wait well by pleasing him, seeking him. You wait well going, this ain't exactly what I thought I was going to do. But you know what? I'm going to go ahead and, and keep serving. I'm going to join the team. I'm going to be on the serve team. I'm going to keep, I'm going to, this may not be, I haven't quite got the promise from the Lord yet, but I'm going to wait well by producing good works. See me serving others, being generous, praying for people. I'm going to keep working. Even though I haven't received the promise, oh, I can't. I won't do it all, but we just dedicated. I don't know if we, do they have a picture? Do we bring it? I don't think we did. Anyway, we just dedicated last Sunday a little baby. His name's Eli. Cutest little kid you've ever seen. Oh, these are cute babies. New Iberia and Opelousas have the cutest babies. Those other churches, ugly, ugly kids. <laughs> Everywhere, ugly kids. Now watch. Little Eli and Eli. Lavar and Mahogany was the mom and dad. It was the first wedding I ever did in Opelousas. They were the first wedding. And then 11 years go by and we dedicate their first child. Well, they couldn't have them. Oh, we cry, pray, believe, stand for, cry again. Seed, promise. Time. And, and you may be in that situation too. You might be in this very room going, that's where we're at. Seed time. And then we, we dedicated mahogany hosted every baby shower. She was there at every birthday, every birth. She was there celebrating with everybody else, knowing it was the greatest wound and pain in her heart. She knew she had the seed but she had to walk through time. She showed us an example of how to walk through it. She could have boo-dayed. She said the very last time she got the negative report, she said, I was hosting my cousin's baby shower and the doctor calls and says, I'm sorry, it's negative again. And she just said, I can remember going, I'm either gonna go in my room and not come out for three days or I'm gonna have to go host that baby shower. She said, I put a smile on and I went and hosted the baby shower. And all the time, God's watching the time because he's the alpha and the omega. And then we're told that little old baby up, you go, was it worth it? I do it all over again. Seed, time. I don't know four. Number four, participating in what you're waiting God to do. So, so if you're waiting, if you're going, man, I just knew my career's not where I felt like God promised me. Keep sending the resume. 
Keep networking. Keep writing. If he told you to write songs, write songs. If he told you to write books, write books. Just keep writing. Keep doing. If you're, if you're trying to have a baby and, and you go, but it's just not working, keep trying. <laughs> There's always that one guy there like, yeah, I'm willing. I'm willing to play my part. Number five, watch this. Don't take matters into your own hands. Oh, we want to grab it. We want to put our hands on it. Be, beware of the temptation to take a shortcut because the enemy will bring you one. He'll bring you the shortcut. David, David, David's hiding in En Gedi in a cave in the back of it. Man, here comes Saul looking for David with all of his SEAL Team 6 members and they stop. And Gedi has thousands of caves. And Saul, the scripture says, had to go to the boys' room. It's the only reason why he would walk into a cave by himself. He tells his guard, I'm just gonna go in here and take care of business. Walks into a cave, the very cave where David and his mighty men are. And you know what you gotta, I don't know, you know, I'm sure, I don't know what he was doing, but he was going to the bathroom. And David was able to sneak in, cut, remember that? He cut off a piece of his garment like that. His brothers, his brothers are going, the Lord has delivered him. Here, here's the sword, slay him. This is your chance, get rid of him. You're supposed to be the next king. And David said, I'm not gonna lay my hand on the Lord's anointed. What was David saying? Wait a minute, if it's my hands that bring the harvest, then it'll be my hands that has to keep the harvest. But if it's God's hand that puts me there, then only God's hand can take me from there. Shortcut. I can, I can, we could go on and on. Abraham, Hagar, wait, wait. And let me give you number six. I'm moving right along, babe. Number six. Draw closer to God while you're waiting. Watch this. Remember, who wrote most of the Psalms? David, David's songwriter. He's writing some music, man. He's, he's writing. Look what he wrote. Here's the word in, in Psalms 27, 14. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. Be strong. Let your heart be full of courage. Strong, why do I have to be strong? Because waiting can sap the energy out of you. Why do I have to be strong? Why do I have to be courageous? Because it can be scary. You can start thinking, if you're single out there, where is he or she ever coming? Well, I never found someone, so let me settle for something less than what God promised me. No, no, wait for the Lord. Be strong, take faith and courage. Wait for the Lord. I've got a word for you from the, from the Holy Spirit. What did he tell you? Wait, wait. For the Lord, wait for the Lord. Let me translate that. Wait for the Lord. When God does it, when he does it, 
Oh, I talked to a brother the other day. I wanted to slap him. See, I can't say this in Opelousas. Thank y'all for letting me come. It's like therapy. About his new career. And he goes, yeah, I, 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 I. And I'm going, brother, can I help you? It ain't I, 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 I. This was him, 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 him. Because if this was I, 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 one day those people that put you in that position are about to come and take you out of it. But if it's him, 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 stealing the glory of God, wait for the Lord. I want to pray for you today. If you're here and you've been waiting, got a son, daughter running from God, running. You might be sitting here. You might be a single person waiting. I've been waiting. You might be here trying to have a baby, waiting. And then you can just keep going on and on because the truth is probably every single one of us, if we were honest, have already received a seed of something. And now we're in time waiting for the harvest. I want to just pray for you. Would you lift your hands to heaven? That's you. You go, I'm one of them. Lord, we come to you in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that your ways are higher than our ways. And your thoughts are higher than our thoughts. You are the Alpha and the Omega. You are the beginning and the end. You don't just see our part. You see all the parts. And so, Father, as we walk through this season of time, would you give us courage Father, would you fill us fresh and anew with faith, knowing that you do all things well. You are faithful and true. You are undefeated. You have never, ever, ever failed. I know there are times I thought you failed me. Even when I thought you failed me, you didn't fail me. You did what was right, what was good for me. So we put our faith and our trust in you. Strengthen the hands, Father, of your children. Father, you said as we wait on you that you would renew our strength. So I pray, Father, give them faith and courage as a gift from you today. We receive it, for we know the harvest will come. And when it does come, we're going to give you all the praise and glory in advance. In fact, we're going to start thanking you right now. Thank you for bringing our lost children home. Thank you for bringing the mates. Thank you for the wombs being open. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for healing coming to our bodies. We thank you in advance. Father, thank you for provision, new career opportunities, doors opening. We thank you for them in advance. You're a good God. It's not a matter of if it's going to happen. It's just a matter of when it's going to happen. Now we pray, Lord. Would you just say this? Show me the revelation. What are you trying to teach me to prepare my heart for the harvest? So we thank you, Father, for your word. We trust you today. May it produce incredible fruit in our life. And we thank you. And with every head bowed and every eye closed, you might be here today and you may be far from Jesus, far from God. You walked in today, maybe even today, just today, you walked in, went, I don't even know why I'm here. He's not mad at you. 
Jesus is not mad at you. He's not. In fact, he loves you. In fact, it's the very reason why he came. He lived a sinless life. No sin. Though the Bible tells he was tempted just like we're all tempted. But he never sinned. He never gave in. An innocent man, Jesus, went to a cross and died to pay for the sins of the world. God, cruel? It was a cruel death, but it was motivated by love. The father would send his only son to die for Eugene's sin? Jesus would say this to Nicodemus, you can't see the kingdom or enter the kingdom until you've been born again. And he's here today, he loves you. How do you do that? A, admit you're a sinner. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. This is a room full of professional sinners. I don't care how religious we act or sound. We are all broken. Be believe that Jesus came to pay that price, sent by the Father to give his life for us. But he also rose again so that we could rise again too one day. And then see, just confess him. Make him the Lord of your life. Repent of your sin and make him the Lord. That's you today and you're ready to receive Christ as your Lord and Savior. I just want to pray for you. You can lift your hand if you want. I'll pray for you. No one's looking at me. If you, thank you. I see your hands. Thank you. Anybody else? Hold up high just for a second. You're ready. Thank you, sir. I see you. Thank you, sir. Thank you, ma'am. Can we just add our voice to theirs? This, this prayer doesn't save you. It's the cry of your heart. If you're just going, I, 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 I want God. Just say, dear Lord Jesus, I believe you're the son of God. I believe that on the cross, you took my sin, my shame, and my guilt, and you died for it. I believe you faced hell for me so I wouldn't have to go. And that you rose from the dead to give me a place in heaven, purpose on earth, and a relationship with the Father. So today, Lord Jesus, I repent. I turn from my sin to be born again. And we declare this together. God is my Father. Jesus is my Savior. The Holy Spirit is my helper. And heaven is my home. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we give God all the praise? Bless you.